Today, I'm not bringing any kind of new message to some of you. In fact, some of you are going to sit there and think, hey, I've heard this a million times from Pastor. There are some messages that deserve to be preached a million times. <laughs> amen. Oh, that was a strong amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, there are some messages that deserve to be preached a few times, and today uh, I believe that these are some things because this this is what uh, the culture we want to set. Uh, so today, again, this might not be anything brand new to some of you, but we're here to build the culture, and we're build the here to to set these things in motion today. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you're new here today, maybe you've uh, not come much or you've come some, but uh, this is for you as well because this is about discipleship here today. Matthew 28, 19 on the screen. This is the New King James Version, but it says, Go therefore and make disciples. Everybody say, Make disciples. Go therefore and make disciples. Of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That name we know is Jesus. Amen. Amen. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Now, that just broadened this out a whole bunch, right? I mean, it first was kind of focusing on salvation baptism. Then it broadens it out and says, oh, just go ahead and teach them whatsoever I have commanded you. Oh, man, that means I got to take my whole Bible. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Brother, Brother Kavon, why don't you, can you give me your Bible? Can I use your Bible today? I know you're using it. You're a good Christian. Hallelujah. You brought your Bible to church. Amen. But I needed a Bible because I did not bring my Bible to church. No, I do have a Bible in my office, but uh, I am going to borrow Brother Kavan's. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm just, I'm thankful for Brother Kavan. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for Brother Kavan? So he says to observe all things that I have commanded you. That's a much bigger task than just simply baptizing some people, seeing people repent, receive the Holy Ghost. Those things are amazing. But we've got a much bigger task to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So I'd like to, to draw my sermon title from verse 19 when it says, Go therefore and make disciples. This morning I want to simply preach on this, the making of a disciple. The making of a disciple. If we could, let's go to the Lord one more time. Let's pray and ask him to speak to our hearts and our minds that we might receive of his word. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter who you are here today. We invite you just to pray and to talk to the Lord and say, Jesus, I ask you to speak to me. Show me that next step, Lord Jesus, that I need to take. Show me, Lord Jesus, the next thing I need to do in order to build my walk with you and to grow stronger in your presence, Lord. Oh, Lord, make a disciple out of me, oh, Jesus. Make a disciple out of me that, Lord, I may follow your will, that I may do what you desire for me to do. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. 
Now, I know in this place, often when we think of that word disciple, it's easy for us to neglect ourselves. It's hard to think of ourselves as disciples. Usually when you think of a disciple, you think of the 12 men that followed Jesus in the Gospels, the 12 men that would become the apostles in the church. But in fact, the Gospels show us that there were many disciples in the church. The Gospel shows us that there were many people who followed the Lord. A disciple is simply a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody here a follower of Jesus Christ? And we recognize the role that the 12 disciples played that was a more important role, a role that would be settled in eternity as the 12 apostles of the church. But today I'm here to tell you that God does not desire for there only to be 12 disciples. Hallelujah. But he would desire that we all be called disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. A disciple is simply a person that is willing to follow the teachings of another. A pupil, if you will. Hallelujah. This is important here today because I can tell you there are a lot of Christians out there that are not necessarily disciples. They claim the title of Christian However, they themselves have not sat at the feet of their teacher and put their nose in the Bible for themselves. They simply called themselves a Christian because they went to church on Sunday. Hallelujah. Oh, I know this is going to get a little sticky here today, but I promise you, you hear me today. You you recognize what I'm saying. This is going to bless your walk with God. Hallelujah. This is going to help you to grow in your walk with God. You see, because I don't want to just be a Christian where I come to church and claim some title. I want to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, a disciple, a pupil who sits at his feet and says, yes, Lord, teach me how to live. Teach me how to act. Teach me how to talk. Teach me how to walk. Anybody else have that desire today to sit at the master's feet and say, teach me? Praise God. And there are many more than just the 12 disciples in Scripture. There were men and women that followed Christ. At one point we know at least there were 70 that followed Christ who had the distinct title of disciple. There are many other times where there are large gatherings, innumerable numbers that the Bible couldn't even tell how many And they followed after Christ. Perhaps they did it for the wrong reasons. Maybe they didn't have the right motives. But they followed after Christ. They wanted to hear what the Lord had said. And and this is important here today because Jesus did teach on what a disciple is. Jesus told us specifically what it means to make a disciple. If I were to look around, I'd say, okay, how can I see a disciple? How can I recognize a disciple? Or if I wanted to build 
a disciple. How would I build a disciple? Well, Jesus actually told us how to do it. Now, I'm going to bring to you three components to the making of a disciple. And I'm not claiming that you don't need anything other than these things. We know there's much more. But these are three components Jesus gave to the making of a disciple. Number one, John chapter 8 and verse 31. I know this is getting a little teachy here today. I hope that's all right. John 8.31 Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide, everybody say abide, in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Praise God. And he gave us this promise. If you abide in my word, if you build yourself to be a disciple, then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. That's the promise of the disciple that follows and abides by the word of God. Can I tell you, a disciple isn't somebody who just goes to church and listens to preaching. A disciple is somebody who goes to church, listens to preaching, comes Wednesday, listens to teaching, opens up their Bible on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Why? Because they abide in the word of God. Hallelujah. They abide in the word of God. That word abide, it's like a plant has to abide in the soil for it to grow. Like a fish that has to abide in the water in order to survive. Like lungs that must have oxygen in order to keep our bodies moving. He's saying that's how important the word of God is to the disciple. Oh, come on now. Hallelujah. That's how important the word of God is to the disciple. And God forbid that we say we are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet the only time we hear or read the Bible is Sunday morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's like saying I only need to eat on Sunday. Go ahead. Do it. Hallelujah. You'll see, you'll get all skinny, and, and, and after a while, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be so unhealthy, you're not going to be able to go to church. Because you just can't motivate yourself to get your body with no energy to go to church. You know what, that's exactly what happens when we don't consume the Word of God every day. We become anemic Christians, so skinny without muscle or strength. Hallelujah. Then after a while, we just don't even go to church because why? Oh, no, but I need a decent diet of the Word of God. I need a healthy diet of the Bible every day. I tell you, you got to read the Bible every day. Come on, you got to study the Bible every day. And I'm not just talking about watching YouTube videos every day. I'm talking about getting your nose in the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we could get you a Bible before you leave this place. Get your nose in the Bible. Be a fish in water. Be a plant in soil. And put yourself abide in the Word of God. First Peter 2 and 2. As newborn babes. 
Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, if I only fed my baby when I, those two little beautiful children of mine were babies, if I only fed them on Sunday, then, you know, you'd arrest me for child abuse. Hallelujah. Because they desired that milk. They desired that nourishment. He says, as newborn babies, like you're newborn, like you're just a baby out of the womb. Hallelujah. Who desires the milk from the, from the mother who desires to get a taste of it. He says, that's how we got to yearn for the word of God. That's how we got to hunger for the word of God. That's how we got to have a diet of the word of the Lord where we consume it every day. Somebody say every day. We must read every day. We must study every day. I can't take a day off. I tell you, after about two or three days, I start to realize, wait a minute, I got to read the Bible. Because you know what happens? I start feeling weak. And I start falling for sin. And I start falling for things of this world. And I realize, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get my strength back. Let me get into the word. Let me start reading the word again. Let me start studying the world. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel like this is gonna change somebody's walk with God here today. Hallelujah. This morning, if you're trying to change your life, I know there are several people in this place. You've come here specifically because you feel like there needs to be a change. You feel like things have to be different. You can't continue the path that you're going to. Well, let me give you a passage of Scripture, Psalms 119 and 9. Wherewithal shall a young man or a young woman or an old man or an old woman Praise the Lord. I promise I didn't mean to look at you, Brother Brett, when I said that. Hallelujah. It's just my eyes naturally went that direction. I love you, brother. (laughs) Hallelujah. But it doesn't matter who you are, what your age. How do I cleanse my path? How do I cleanse my way? How do I change the road I'm walking on? Hallelujah, this is how right here, by taking heed thereto, to thy word. It's taking the Bible and reading it and studying it. Oh, yeah, that's how I do it right there. I got to change this and I got to change that and I got to apply this by taking heed thereto, according to the word of God. Oh, I'm telling you today, the best thing that you can do as a new Christian or even an old Christian is to fall in love with the Word of God. Can I ask you to do something for me? Before you fall in love with my preaching, would you fall in love with the Word? Before you fall in love with Joel Osteen or whoever else you're watching on YouTube, fall in love with the Word for yourself. Get your nose in there and fall in love with the Word for yourself. Hallelujah. It's essential that we fall in love with the truth. The truth, if we will abide in the Word, then we will know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. That's the promise. 
Listen, you don't have a promise that if you come to church every single Sunday and that's it, that you'll be made free. I believe the Holy Ghost does it and the Holy Ghost does great work. But if you want to continue in that freedom, then you're going to have to put some roots down. Hallelujah. The only way to get grounded is this right here. Hallelujah. Put roots down, hallelujah. That way, every time that wind blows, you won't be knocked down. Why? Because you got your face in the word of God. You've fallen in love with the truth. You bought the truth. Proverbs 23 and 23, it says this, praise the Lord. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. He's saying, listen, when you get the word of God, you got to buy into it. Praise God. Before you buy into HPPC, buy into the word. Some people are hesitant. Pastor, don't you want people to buy into HPPC? Absolutely. You know what? When they buy into this right here, they'll buy into HPPC. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You buy into the truth. You say, you know what? This right here is the most important thing. Can I tell you, this is the most important thing in your home? This is the most expensive object in your home. It's this right here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's why he says buy the truth, because it takes some time. It's not something you just walk in and, okay, now I know everything. There's some people who think that's how it works. Oh, no, pastor, I go to church every Sunday. I hear the preached word of God. I know. I know the scriptures. I can quote a scripture, so I know the scriptures. Jesus says, search the scriptures, for in them ye think you have eternal life. What he's saying is, is you can't study the Bible enough. You can't. You'll never learn it all. I'm right now, I do the bread program. The bread program is you read the Bible, the entire Bible in a year. We've got some bread programs in the back there. I believe they're in Spanish, so you might have to brush up on your Spanish. We ran out of the English versions, which I think was a great thing. Hallelujah. I'm okay running out, praise God. But you read the Bible through the year. Every day you read about three chapters of the Bible. I've done that now for almost 20 years. And, brother, I still go to the Word of God, and I read it. I say, wait a minute, I've never read that before. I've never read that before. I go to church three times a week, and then I'm still catching fresh revelation in the Word of God. New nuggets of truth I never saw before. we got to buy the truth. Invest our time into the Word of God. Invest our energy. Close out the world for an hour every day. Pray and read the Word. Take time to read the word. Pastor, I don't have an hour every day. You've got a lunch break. On your lunch break, sit down with the word. Pastor, everybody's going to think I'm crazy. All right. Hallelujah. That's all right. Because you're a follower of Jesus Christ and a follower abides in the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about you shout, abide in the word. Praise God. Let's go to John chapter 13 and verse 34. We'll look at the second component.
John chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you. Now, this is not the verse of Scripture we talked about on Wednesday, although it sounds exactly the same. If you were not here on Wednesday, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to our lesson on Wednesday night. It's on YouTube. You can go find it. But it says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Verse 35. Hallelujah. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. That's the second component. If I'm going to build a disciple, I'm going to make a disciple, I need to put the love of the truth in it, in him. But I also need to put the love of God in him. And I know that that can seem like it's just one of those easy little things, but it's a whole lot harder than that, right? How do I know if I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, let me ask you, what's the name of the person sitting next to you that you didn't come with? What's their name? If you, if you say you don't know their name, maybe you got some work to do after all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because when people walk in those doors, they're looking, not for just another church. Any church can preach good, and any church can have great music and all that. Hallelujah. They're not just looking for that. They want to see, are these disciples? And you know the one thing that they're going to recognize, these people love each other. They love each other. They don't avoid each other. They don't stampede after service and run out the door so they have to avoid having any conversations. It got real quiet when I said that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No, but they love one another. They prefer one another. Well, pastor, there's nobody my age here. I know, I know, hallelujah, I know there's not, we've got such a diverse church, it's beautiful, amen. We've got young and old, we've got black, we've got white, we've got, we've got such a diverse church, it's beautiful. Maybe you're not going to have to find, maybe you're not going to find somebody just like you. Maybe as an ear, you're going to have to get together with a nose. But the Bible says we're all part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. If I can learn as an ear to love a nose, then man, I'm putting the, the word of God in action. And I'm loving like Jesus loved Amen. Praise God. I'm loving like Jesus loved. In these two verses, Jesus gave three points of emphasis. Number one, the object to be loved is each other. Number two, the purpose of the love is that we may become the disciples of Jesus Christ. And number three, the the measure of love that we must give to one another is the measure of love that Jesus has shown to me. If Jesus has shown me love, I got to show my brother love and my sister love. But pastor, you don't know what they said to me. Yeah, but hallelujah, I know what I said to him. 
And I know when he died for me, I was an enemy of Christ. And I was walking away from him. I didn't want to have anything to do with him. Yet he still loved me. That he drew me back into the church. And he showed me what. Oh, come on now. We got to look past what we've done to each other. We got to forgive and love one another. Because if we are to grow as disciples, then we are going to grow together. Everybody shout together. Ephesians 2.19. If this doesn't put some fire under you about the church and loving the church, I don't know what will. Ephesians 2.19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but you are part of us. <laughs> You're part of us now. Hallelujah. You're fellow citizens with the saints. You're part of the household of God. Look around. Those aren't random man one, random man two, random woman one, random woman two. No, that's brother. That's sister. You wonder why we call each other brother and sister. I know it's it's old school and it's from that old time religion, but, but it's, it's the principle is still there. I don't want to look at you as just another person that happened to come to the same church. I want to look at you as a brother and a sister because we're part of the same household and we're serving the same father. Hallelujah. Verse 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone Hallelujah. Verse 21. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. This is the desire of God that we would grow into that holy temple. Look at verse 22 though. In whom ye also are builded together. Everybody say together. For an habitation of God through the Spirit. You thought, well, you know, it's all right. I just, I'll get the Spirit of God. I'll go home. I'll pray by myself. I'll worship by myself. I'll read the Bible by myself. I'll encourage myself. He says, yeah, but you're not going to be built up by doing that. The building can only grow when we are builded together. When we join together. Hallelujah. You want growth in your walk with God? Find a friend in the church. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. Every person in this place needs a Christian friend. You need a friend in the church. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. A friend that will love you and help you. A friend that will call you and you can call them. Every person needs a friend in the church because if we're going to do it, we're going to do it together. Everybody shout, together. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Not only is this going to help you build, but this is how the church will be built. Acts 2, 44, and all that believed were together. Everybody say together. They had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. I'm not telling you go sell your house. Praise God. Hallelujah. They came to realize that was not the format that Christians should live by. They changed it. Never again in the book of Acts did we see this kind of a format. Hallelujah, where they sold everything and gave it to the church. 
That's not how we do things. However, verse 46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. They ate together. They spent time together. They did it with gladness and singleness of heart. They praised God, having favor with all the people. And look at the results of togetherness. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Not only are you going to be built when we come together, but the church is going to be added to daily as we come together. Hallelujah. We're going to grow together. We're going to strengthen one another. We're going to help each other in the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every disciple has to get a love for their brother and their sister. You've got to have a love for one another. A love that won't let you just be a silent member of HPPC. Hallelujah. I told somebody not too long ago, they were struggling. They're struggling in their walk with God. It said that they came to church and they would come to church and they'd hear the word, but, but because of their past, it really was hard for them. I'd watch as they leave in the middle of service every single Sunday. I know everybody's thinking, who could he be talking about? Don't worry about it. Not your business. Hallelujah. But I told him, I said, listen, she said, this person said, it seems like church is just a chore. I said, well, yeah, when you don't take time to partake in the love of God. This is why we invite everybody to come down to the altar. Because we want everybody to take a minute just to be in the presence of God. I told this person, I said, when you come to church, stay and come down to the altar. Spend time in the love of God. And I said, and then before you leave, take a moment to talk to the people in the church. Take a moment to love the people in the church and see if you don't leave this place feeling rejuvenated and feeling like it's not just a chore. Hallelujah. But it was a blessing. I tell you, it's only going to be a blessing if we learn to come together and to love one another. How about you clap your hands and pray unto the Lord Jesus. Help us to love each other. The final one, John chapter 15 and verse 8. John 15 and 8. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Everybody say fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. What does that mean? Well, we see it all throughout scriptures. Fruit is an example of growth. It's an example of us producing, producing an increase. I believe in this place that if I were to make a disciple, then I'd need to give them a love for the truth, and abide in the word. I need to put in them a love 
for the church, but I'd also need to give them a job. I know that's not what you guys wanted to hear. (laughs) But this is what Jesus said. He says, there is no such thing as a disciple that is not at work in the kingdom of God. I'm going to say that again, and I'm hoping that you're going to respond with some clapping. There is no such thing as a disciple that is not working in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, there's a reason why we're called Higher Purpose Pentecostal Church. It's because we believe every person has a purpose in the kingdom of God. And when I say a job, I'm not just saying you got to go clean the toilets. I'm saying that you've been called for a reason. You're here with a purpose. God has something he wants you to do for his kingdom. Oh, I feel excited about this. You come like Esther for such a time as this. He's put you in the church because he's giving you something that he wants you to do for him oh praise god praise god hallelujah he wants you to bear an increase praise god i know at first we come into the house of god and we consume right but he says eventually i don't want just bushes or trees that all they do is consume water and consume sunlight. What did he do to the bush that would not produce fruit? He killed it, tossed it aside. Hallelujah. Because he says there's no such thing as a disciple that doesn't increase, that doesn't get involved. Hallelujah. I'm not here to blast anybody. I'm not here to make anybody feel bad. I'm not here to try to convince you you got to do something for me or anything like that. I'm simply just saying, hallelujah, you got to go in the presence of God and say, God, you brought me here. I believe it's for a reason. What do you want me to do? What can I do for the kingdom of God? What can I do to produce an increase at HPPC? What can I do to increase an increase in my brother or my sister? Maybe I need to teach Bible studies. Maybe I need to be at the door and greet people when they come in. Hey, maybe you could just clean up the place. Hallelujah. I don't know what it is, but God's got a purpose for you, and God's got a ministry for you, and he says, my disciples, they bear an increase. Praise God. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. As each one has received a gift, each person in here has received a gift. I believe acting in your purpose is taking the gift that God has given you and using it for the kingdom of God. I'm not asking you to do something that God's not, you know, called you to do. But every person has been given a gift. He says, minister to one another. Minister your gift to one another. As good stewards or managers of the manifold grace of God. What he's trying to say is, he's trying to say, don't take advantage of the goodness of God and the grace of God in your life. So when you come in and I start changing you and I rearrange things and I deliver you from your addictions and I, I bless your relationships and start giving you healthy relationships again, he says, don't take advantage of that. 
He says, but be a good steward of the manifold grace of God uh, and utilize your gifts uh, for the kingdom of God. Doesn't Galatians say not to use our liberty as an excuse, but by love serve one another? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've been blessed and God's given you the Holy Ghost and he's forgiven you of your sins and you've been baptized and God's done all this, then hallelujah, he's saying, listen, now I want you to be used by me and I want you to use your freedom as a source to be able to work in the ministry. And to produce an increase. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God might be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Hallelujah. What he's trying to say here is he's trying to say whatever God gave you, use it for the kingdom. Somebody shout, use it for the kingdom. Use it for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Now we've got our disciple. We've built him up. A disciple abides in the word. A disciple has love toward one another and expresses that love. We can't just have a, you know, love in word but not deed. A disciple loves and a disciple works in the kingdom of God. Again, every person in this place, if you want to know, Pastor, what's my next step? How do I continue in my path? How do I continue to grow in the kingdom of God? This is what I'd tell you. Get your nose in the word. Get a friend in the church. And get a job in the church. If you don't have a job, Brother Kavon, why don't you stand to your feet? You, you, you're saying, hey, I want to get involved. Come talk to Brother Kavan. He's our service coordinator. He coordinates all the ministries in the church. Go to him and say, Kavan, I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I can do, but I, I want to do something. He'll, he'll hunt it down for you. I, I, you know, I'm training. He knows that if he comes to me and says, I want to do something, I say, all right, here you go. Hallelujah. So he knows. He's been taught. He knows how to help you find that. Hallelujah. God wants you to do it. See, because I want to be a disciple. I want to be a follower of Jesus. And I'm coming to a close here. But I don't want to be just a fan of Jesus. I don't want to be just a fan of what Jesus has for me. I know we're all fans of Jesus, but there's a big difference between a fan and a follower. You know, a fan, when we were growing up, the big things were concerts and bands, and you'd get a band poster of your band, put it up on the wall. You'd, you'd go and do that. You had no issues putting up a poster of a, of a band on your wall. This is my band. I love their music. But you probably weren't going to leave and go join them on tour and tour the whole state with them, Right? Because there's a difference between a fan and a follower. A fan wants Jesus to be a part of his or her life. But a follower says, you know what? I will leave my life behind so that I may be part of Jesus Christ. That's the difference between a fan and a follower. 
Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus said unto the disciples, If any man will come after me. This is Matthew 16, 24. If any man will come after me, if they're going to be a disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Praise God. If I'm going to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, then I can't do it on my terms. I have to do it on his terms. Fans, they do it only when it's convenient. Followers, they do it simply when Jesus is calling, despite if it's convenient to them or not. Fans, they'll put up scriptures in their home. They'll wear a cross around their neck. But that's the extent of how much they'll follow Jesus. But God forbid God tell them to read the Bible instead of watching a movie that day. A follower says, yes, Lord, and he goes and reads his Bible. A follower says, God, show me what I need to do. I'll follow you. I won't follow my own will, my own plan. I deny myself. Can I tell you that you can be a fan and be in this place? I want to be careful when I say this, but we got plenty of fans. (laughs) We got plenty of followers. You can be a fan and you can come to church. And God bless you. We'll preach to you. We'll pray with you. We'll worship with you. We'll, we'll do all that. Hallelujah. And you can enjoy the presence of God. But there's only a shallow relationship with God when you're a fan. It doesn't have true depth. And sadly, fans don't make it long. Is this all right? Can we be truthful here today? Fans don't make it long. I tried to be a fan. I tried to be somebody that respected the word of God, respected the church, but I just wasn't living it just then. And I tell you, it put me in depression. It caused me to go out in this world and do things that I wasn't proud of. It made me suicidal because I knew that there was more for me I'm telling you, I tried to live for God halfway, and it's just impossible. Praise God. If you really want to live for God, you say, you know what, I want to, I want to see what this is all about. You just got to dive in the deep end. Hallelujah. And you just got to say, here I am, God. I give myself to you. I, I give everything I am to you. Here I am. Hallelujah. See, because disciples go beyond Acts 2.38. You could throw up Acts 2.38. It says, then Peter said unto them, repent. If you've not repented, we want to encourage you today to repent of your sins. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. If you've not been baptized, we'd encourage you this morning to be baptized We've got a baptismal tank. It'll take about 10 minutes to fill it up. We've got baptismal robes. You can get baptized without even getting your clothes wet. Hallelujah. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, 
and ye shall receive the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This is a promise unto you and to your children and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you don't have the Spirit of God living inside of you, then this morning you can have it. You can receive it. You can be touched by it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But often, that's where we stop. But verse 40 It says this, with many other words. Everybody say many other words. Many other words. That means, that's from the the Greek word pleon. It means greater in quantity. That means he just took a moment to talk about repentance and baptism and the Spirit of God, but then he took a long time to make this point. Save yourselves from this untoward generation or backwards generation. He says, because there's a whole lot more to do than to just repent and to be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. Praise God if you've done it. But I'm here to tell you there's more for you in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. There's more for you. If we could stand here today. I just have one final point. And then we're going to invite everybody, everybody who would like to, we'd invite everybody to come down to the altar. But the issue in the, the New Testament, the Gospels, it wasn't that there was a lack of followers. Truly, in the church today, it's not that there is a lack of followers. But really, the issue is that there's a lack of follow-through. The Bible tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good. But certainly the idea is that once you taste, you get a hunger and you'd keep coming back. There's a passage of scripture in the Bible. I remembered it and I remembered when the preacher first, when I first heard a preacher preach on this, he said this very distinctly. It's John 6. Six, six. Now, uh, you guys know I'm not trying to claim that there's some, these are magical numbers or anything like that, but I don't think it's a coincidence that John 666 says, from that time, many of the Lord's disciples went back and walked no more with him. Why didn't they continue to follow after Jesus? Why did their following not include follow through? Well, Jesus started to preach some things that they didn't like to hear. They started to realize that following after Jesus isn't going to be just simply doing what I want to do. I'm going to have to listen to him and I'm going to have to obey him and and do what the Lord is calling me to do. They decided, you know what? This is too much. I I, I I can't follow him. He's going down pathways that I don't want to go down. I'm not ready to go down that pathway. I'm not done living yet. 
I'm not done having pleasure yet. And I'm not done living for myself yet. Oh, let me tell you, hallelujah, that's a horrible life to live, living for yourself. I tell you, I tried doing it. I've never had more peace and joy than when I'm living the life that Jesus has called me to. And when I'm walking down paths that he's called me to, I'm not saying it's always easy, but I am telling you it's always blessed. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, are you going to join them? My question today to you is, you're going to take this message to heart that I've preached to you and are you going to say, you know what, I, I, I've got I've to have more of the Word in my life and I've got to have more of the love in my life and I've got to have more ministry in my life. Or are you going to go away as the others have? But look at verse 68. Then Simon Peter answered and said, Where do we have to go? Thou only hast the words of eternal life. Where else can we go? You've got the answers, Jesus. I know I can live for myself and I can have pleasures of sin for a season, but you've got the words of eternal life. You've got the words that's going to carry me through this life and through the next. Where do I have to go? There's nowhere else but here. But here, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to follow your words, Jesus. I'm going to follow your words, Jesus. I'm not just coming for the blessings. I'm not just coming for the miracles. But God, you start preaching to me, I'm still going to follow. You start opening up your word to me, I'm still going to follow. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm done. I would love for you to come down. Just feel like, I want you to imagine you're walking down like you're following Jesus down to the altar. I want you to find a place where you can just pray and say, Jesus, oh Jesus, I give myself to you. I choose God to be more than a fan. I choose God to be more than a fan. But Lord, I'm I'm a follower. I'm a follower. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh God. I've tried the life of a fan. I've tried living for myself and living for you, and it just got me...